Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Praise the Lord. God is so good. I feel so blessed already by the presence of God. And uh, I pray that, that um, the, the presence of God is is meeting you in a powerful way today. And I'm believing that um, as we go to end our What's Your Vibe series, that the Lord is, is, is depositing something in us that is gonna help us for many, many days ahead. Hello to everyone, hello to all of our family and friends, not just um, locally, but nationally and internationally. We love you, we're praying for you. We have uh, kind of like CT family in different parts of the country. We have people in Southern Illinois I wanna say hello to today. We have people in, in Eugene, Oregon, and Springfield, Illinois, all over the country. People are connecting to the CT family. We love you and we're praying for you and we're so excited that we could worship the Lord together. We're gonna take an offering right now. And I just um, wanna encourage you, let the overflow of your worship today, I felt such an overflow today. Let the overflow of your worship become part of this next moment. Every time I've learned this since I was a baby Christian, at a certain point in time, I learned about honoring the Lord with my income. The Bible says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. And when we honor the Lord and when we give to the Lord first, there is an incredible blessing that is released over our life and released on our life. It's a very powerful thing. There's a faith line that a Christian crosses when they start to give to the Lord. You guys know that we don't emphasize um, kind of money a lot, but money and how we handle our money and how we view our income, its source. Who is the source of your income? Is it you or is it the Lord? Because I've got news for you. When you really give God the credit, amazing things happen. And there's a protection over your life. There's a peace in your life because you know that God is the one who's taking care of you. Uh, every time I write my tithe check, Every time we give through push pay, there is a, a fresh wave of peace in my life because I get to say, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Everything that I have, it comes from you. Every ounce of blessing has come from my Father in heaven. And Lord, you're the one who protects and provides. I hope you feel that way today and I wanna encourage you to pray and to worship that way. So let me pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters, not just uh, locally here in Chicago, but all across the country and globe. I thank you, Lord, that, that you continue to build your church. And I thank you that you are the faithful Father that is always present and always providing and protecting. You are the great provider. We give you the credit today, God. 
with gratitude in our hearts. We give you the credit for every um, ounce of provision, for every crumb, oh God, for every stitch of provision, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And so we sow a seed, oh God. We give back to you in a, as a form of worship, as a form of obedience, as an expression of our love and gratitude. And Lord, we also desire to be part of furthering your kingdom. Further your kingdom through this offering. Meet many needs, God, by your mighty power. We love you. We praise you. And God, we trust that whoever is struggling right now, we're trusting you to open up the windows of heaven and to pour down a blessing and to deliver them and provide for them and meet every need according to your riches and glory. We thank you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So here we are today. It's our last message in the What's Your Vibe series. And I have to tell you, this one is going to be really hard for me to let go because this, this series has been so, the study of it, the processing of it personally has been so helpful. These are challenging times and difficult times. And um, doing a, a consistent vibe check, I hope you've been doing vibe checks. And, and those vibe checks have been so absolutely um, helpful to my life. And uh, we've heard just uh, so many wonderful testimonies. I want to encourage you, not just for today's message, oops, <laughs> not just for today's message, but also for all of the messages. This is one of those series that when you go back to the app, there's so many, um, there's so many different slides. I got a lot of slides today, um, but it's there so that you could go back and really drink deep the truths of God's word. We need the word of God more than ever before. And so, blessed be the name of the Lord as we go for the last time and start to um, get into the What's Your Vibe uh, series here. So, remember, what is a vibe? How are we describing that? We're describing a vibe as a person's emotional state as communicated to others. People pick up your vibe. The atmosphere created by the disposition of our being. We chose vibe because a vibe is a practical description of a deeply spiritual reality. No matter how you slice it, your vibe is telling people where you stand in God and how you're doing in life. Your relationship to the Holy Spirit and so this comes right out of Galatians chapter 5. We've been reading uh, this passage in, in the three clusters. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And, and uh, this is the fruit for our hearts. When, when the Spirit is growing love, joy, peace in our hearts personally, we are really sound and healthy and ready to be a blessing and ready to minister. Then... Patience, kindness, and goodness. This is the fruit for our relationships. If you want to be a blessing to the people around you, 
What you need is patience and kindness and goodness. And again, I hope you will revisit these, these different uh, truths here. And then uh, the last cluster is faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruit. Uh, these fruits are for our battles, for our personal struggles. Every single person battles with their own flesh. And remember, the What's Your Vibe series, when we began, it was in the context of our being able to tell the difference between the flesh and the spirit. And so we battle within ourselves, and we need grace. We need fruit. The fruit of the spirit helps to shape and mold our character so that we could really give glory to God. And today, we're talking about the vibe of self-control. The vibe of self-control. And what I want to do is I want to kind of recap these last three vibes very quickly here. So we've been talking about the fact that faithfulness is the loyalty vibe. And brothers and sisters, loyalty is not really a characteristic of our time, of our age. Okay, this is an age where people are just looking out for number one. But the Holy Spirit makes us loyal to God and loyal to one another. He's able to do that. Then there's gentleness, which we talked about. And gentleness is the attitude vibe. And it basically, when gentleness is growing, we know that we have that humble attitude. There's something powerful about a humble person. And may the Lord, may the Lord um, uh, enable us to give off gentleness. Amen. Now, today we're talking about self-control. Self-control, I'm going to call the dependence vibe, okay? And when you talk about self-control, I want to say this. This is kind, this vibe, there's a mystery to it. And the reason there's a mystery to this vibe is because if you look at the emphasis of the teaching of the New Testament, of the New Covenant, the New Covenant, the New Testament teaches that self-control effort is really, uh, really doesn't work. We can't do things in our own self. And yet here, this vibe is self-control. And what this is talking about today is not self-effort. What this is talking about is a spirit-controlled self. There's a difference, okay? Self-effort is us trying to be godly in our own strength but there is a grace, uh, uh, <clears throat> there's a space where the grace of God starts to teach us and show us how to control ourselves. And that's what we're talking about today. So here is the definition of self-control. And I'm going to back it up with a very powerful verse. Self-control is the spirit-empowered process. And I want to highlight process because self-control is something that we need all the time, and it's always a process. There are always opportunities to lose our self-control, and there are always opportunities to be depending on the Holy Spirit. So it is the spirit-empowered process of learning how to master our impulses, passions, and appetites. 
Its opposite is self-indulgence, meaning that you just want to just do whatever self wants. And lastly, and non-compliance. You know, in our culture, some people take pride in being non-compliant. If you're a Christian, don't do that. There's nothing, there's nothing clever, there's nothing cute about being a non-compliant person. We're not meant to be robots, but Christians honor the truth. They honor rules. They honor the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So, so this vibe is very, very important, brothers and sisters, to our testimony and to our personal victory. You can't walk in victory if you lack self-control. Now, here's the text of the day. This is found in Titus chapter 2. By the way, if you look at this chapter in its totality, it's all about the Apostle Paul speaking to a pastor and saying, this is what I want you to teach the people. And if you look in the whole chapter, self-control is mentioned to almost every category, to young women, to young men, to older women, to older men. All of us need self-control. Look at, but here's the, the crowning verse and the key truth of the day. The Bible says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches, everyone say teaches. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled. The Holy Spirit can teach us to say no, to say no to self, to say no to our desires. Listen, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness, worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, in the here and in the now. In the COVID season, in the midst of the COVID uh, crisis, in the midst of, uh, of, of racial tension, political division, um, um, new, uh, a new kind of setting in our homes that we're not used to that's creating tension. Every situation, every circumstance that we find ourselves, this present age, there is grace for self-control. There's grace so that we won't lose it. There's grace so that we can handle things in a way that glorifies God. It says, while we wait for the blessed hope in the weeks to come, we'll talk a little bit about this, but while we wait for the blessed hope, we're waiting for Jesus to come back and take us out of here, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so the, the key um, to the message today, brothers and sisters, is we need faith and encouragement and openness to know that in the here and in the now, we can be in victory over ourselves. And the Holy Spirit wants to give all of us self-control. I want to pray right now because the Holy Spirit wants us to get wants to give us the ability to master self, master our impulses, master our appetites, master our desires, master our responses. So Jesus will get all the glory so that we'll be godly and upright until he comes back for us. So let's pray. Father in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for um, 
this series that we've been able to look into your word and learn so much about what we need and about what the Holy Spirit wants to grow in us. And Lord, I pray today that you would really breathe on this message. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would breathe upon my words and that you would breathe into the minds and hearts of our church family. God, may the people of God receive grace today. Your grace has appeared to all of us and is ready to teach us and to strengthen us and empower us so that we would walk in victory, so that we would be godly and upright, Lord. So, Lord, help us today. Begin with the speaker, Lord. Help us, help each and every one of us in our unique circumstances. Married, single, young, elderly, Lord, wherever we find ourselves, I pray for the grace of God to appear and to work in great power. We thank you and we trust you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, so there are a couple of kind of core principles that um, I want, I believe this text teaches, but I want to explain a few things about the text when it says it teaches. Part of um, uh, what happens when you see a person who's operating with great self-control, part of what's happening is that, that the Holy Spirit is working. And so a person that, ha that is filled with self-control, you need to know there's more to it than meets the eye. The Holy Spirit is working in a powerful way in a person's life. The Holy Spirit is like a coach. The Holy Spirit is a helper. The Bible teaches that in, in the book of John. And so he wants to teach us and coach us so that we could live in a very self-controlled manner. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. I'm gonna play a quick video. And a lot of times if you're watching, if you're a sports guy and you're watching uh, games uh, 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 on the NBA, you, you see the game and you see amazing and marvelous execution from these incredible athletes. But behind the scenes, there's a coach. I said this earlier, everyone needs a coach. There's no better coach than the Holy Spirit. And as I play this clip for you, I want you to see that there are three kind of core movements here. The coach is actually talking specifically and then training and then, and then doing it, but the coach is still there. So watch, watch this. Here you have this coach. He's not a professional athlete, but he's teaching a professional athlete. And it translates into the game. There's personal, then there's practice, and then it translates into the game. Personal, practice, and it translates into the game. I see this kind of funny because here this guy is teaching this superstar how to work and how to perform in the game. Well, listen, the difference is, is we don't have a human coach. The Holy Spirit, God himself, wants to coach your life and my life. He wants to coach you all day, every day. 
He wants our fellowship with him to be so, uh, so close, so complete that he can be guiding us throughout today. There is a, throughout the day, there's a sweet fellowship with God where you start to become sensitive to the impulses of the Holy Spirit and he can literally say, speak or don't speak. He could literally say, remember when uh, this didn't go well last time? Here it comes again. Respond to this the way I told you. Remember what I told you to say? Now say it. Yeah, but you know what? I don't want to. That's not my personality. Well, would you let me coach you and change your personality? Are you willing to let me coach you and shape your character? That's what self-control is all about. It's the... The, the Spirit of God coaching us and walking us through our day. Jesus gave lots of intimations about this. He would say, I can only do what the Father shows me. I can only say what the Father tells me to say. It goes to show the deep and intense fellowship that Jesus had with the Spirit and with the Father, and we can have that too. Somebody say amen. So here is what the vibe of self-control is actually saying. You ready? The Bible of self-control says, the Lord is checking my ego and I'm dependent on his grace. Okay? The Lord is checking my ego and I'm dependent on his grace. Is the Lord checking your ego? Are, we, are you praying, Lord, check my ego? How many know we need the Holy Spirit to check us sometimes and to say, you know what? Yourself is about to mess things up or get in the way. How many want to be hidden behind the cross and let Jesus get all the glory of our lives and show us how to become our best selves? That's the goal. The Spirit can show us how to become our best selves. And in order for that to happen, we need self-control. Now, let me just say this. Without self-control, there are three dangers, okay? Without self-control, first of all, we become very vulnerable, Look at what the Bible says, Proverbs 25, 28 says, like a city whose walls are broken down is a person who lacks self-control. To lose self-control, to lack self-control means that you are now unprotected. It means that you are now vulnerable to the attacks of all of the different enemies of your life. And we, we don't realize how important self-control is, is but when we're operating in the grace of self-control, we're staying under the protection of God. You realize when you lose your self-control, you're stepping out from under the umbrella of God's protection. So we are very vulnerable to the strategies of Satan when we lose self-control or if we lack self-control. Secondly, we also become gullible. Look at what the Bible says here. A person's own folly ruins, uh, leads to their ruin. It, the, the, the NIV used to say ruins their life. And then it says, yet their heart rages against the Lord. And so self without the help of the Holy Spirit leads to folly or foolishness. And when you don't control yourself, I'm telling you right now, don't trust self. Because self will lead us to foolish responses and foolish decisions we can be duped by ourself 
I know that this is a challenging message today, but can I tell you, it's so important and it's so freeing when you say, Lord, check my ego and I want to live by your grace. And here's the last thing. Without self-control, we become temporally minded. We live in the temporal. Look at what the Bible says. The prudent, this is another proverb, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. When you're lacking self-control, you see what you want. Temporal means that you're living for the now. You see what you want, you go after what you want, and you kind of enjoy it now, but without the help of the Holy Spirit, what happens is, is you enjoy now, but you pay big later. All of that happens when we lack self-control. The world tells you enjoy now. The Holy Spirit says don't do it. Take refuge in me because if you enjoy now, I guarantee you, you will pay later. And I want to say that to somebody today, okay? Beware of the impulses of your heart and your mind because you can give into it. You can indulge in it now, but if you don't process the, the, the situations and the source and the circumstances of your life with the help of the Holy Spirit, with the word of God, with the guidance of God, guess what? You pay big later. And we, it is avoidable. One of the great works of the Holy Spirit is that we actually can avoid, we can avoid um, the pitfalls and the traps of the enemy with the help of the Holy Spirit. So, so one more thing before we break down two key application points. When the Bible is talking about self-control, it's talking about four facets of self or four facets of ego, okay? The first, and it's specifically, I mean, I, 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 we did plenty of research on this, and this, here's fundamentally how it fleshes out. First of all, it's talking about sexual impulses, okay? And, and, it, and we, we all, every person is a sexual being, and we say, I want this. But in our culture, I want turns into I need in a minute, okay? Now, I remember when I first became a Christian, marveling at the fact that someone said, listen, love can always wait to give. Lust can never wait to get. You see, there's a big difference between love and lust. And so when the Holy Spirit is giving you clarity and understanding, it checks your sexual impulses. There's nothing wrong with having sexual impulses, but just giving in to them without listening to the Holy Spirit, listening, uh, honoring the word of God, it leads to great pain and hardship for you and others. Then there's anger. This is the, the self part of us that says, yo, don't mess with me, right? And we can, we can lash out at people uh, um, because we're like, don't mess with me. I believe that in our culture right now, this is raging through our culture. But that's not necessarily the spirit of Christ. The don't mess with me spirit does not reflect Jesus. And so we need the help of the Holy Spirit to help to check that part of our ego. Then again, there's appetites. 
And appetite says, I want, I want, which turns into I need, okay? And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to temper all of our appetites. Can I pause here? And, and uh, I'm a routine person. And one of the things I've mentioned this, I've had to fight really hard to reset all of my routines of life. And you know, if we're not careful, brothers and sisters, we can start eating crazy, we can stop exercising, and we can start giving in, we could start. There are, there are our brothers and sisters that because of an appetite, they're like, you know what? I want this, I want that. We get into so much trouble and we hurt ourselves because of this, I need, I need, I need. And then lastly, which is super obvious, is there's the whole pride thing of me first. Now, hopefully, this whole me first was dealt with a great deal last week with gentleness, with humility, which says, I want to put others first. But this is all part of our self-life, and we need to be very sensitive and very honest with ourselves. And, and, and when the Holy Spirit is growing self-control, it's teaching you. Several things, and here we go. Here are the two key points of the day. First of all, the Holy Spirit teaches us to discern between self and spirit. There's a discernment that a person who has self-control, a person who has self-control has appetites, desires, wants, needs, wants to protect themselves. All of those things are real. But what happens is, is that the Holy Spirit gives them discernment so that they can make a judgment, so that they could be self-aware of whether they're doing what they want or they're doing what God wants. Everyone say self-awareness. Self-awareness is a huge term. The Holy Spirit wants to give us the right kind of self-awareness. Again, without self-awareness, there are things that we develop. First of all, we develop an, infl an, an inflated view of self, you know, or without self-awareness, we develop an inflated view of others. Some of us give other people way too much credit and voice in our lives, and we're just in awe of people. How many know we need to be in awe of Jesus? We need to be in awe of his word. We can get a, an inflated view of stuff. Some people buy, I have to have, I have to have. The, there's this dopamine uh, hit that, that we get like uh, overwhelmed because we bought the new thing only to be uh, disappointed and now in more debt. We have to be aware of those shallow impulses. It also gives us an inf inflated view of calling. We start to assign ourselves to more than God has assigned to us. So this is a this vibe is so vitally important and it's super practical. This is one of the most practical vibes. It affects all of our life. Look, look even in business. Look at what Harvard Business Review says about this. Okay, there was an article about what self-awareness really is and how to cultivate it because they understand how important it is. And listen to this. When we see ourselves clearly, we are more confident and more creative. 
we make sounder decisions, build stronger relationships, and communicate more effectively. We are less likely, look, this is Harvard Business Review. We're less likely to lie, cheat, and steal when we're self-aware. When the Holy Spirit gives us that discernment, we're just in a better place. Listen, this is, this is what they said. Even though most people believe that they are self-aware, only 10 to 15% of the people we studied actually fit the criteria. So here's, imagine 100 people in a room. Harvard Business Review says that when they really study people and, 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 and ask the tough questions of self-awareness, only 10 to 15 of those people are actually self-aware. Well, I believe every Christian can have a deep self-awareness without condemning themselves, without putting themselves down. In other words, we're aware of our weaknesses, we're aware of what's ugly and wrong with ourselves. I believe, and I, I say this a lot of times, there's a moment of maturity that takes place in the life of a Christian, and here, here's, here's that moment of maturity. When you realize how ugly and sinful you really are and you can really act without the help of the Holy Spirit, but you don't go into a depression over it, now you're starting to grow up. Because part of what's happening is you realize, I need my ego checked. I understand in this flesh dwells no good thing, but it's not just me now. I have Christ in me, the hope of glory, and I have a source of victory and a source of transformation. And so you don't get super down, you are just aware of yourself, and you are aware of how much you need and in every facet of life, this will have a major impact on you. Let me give you a business example. Um, uh, there was a, someone who was a partner. His name was Samuel Andrews. And he is known for, for making one of the biggest business blunders in history. Okay, He was his business partner. And he lost out on about $900 million because he was not self-aware. Here's how Rockefeller described him. He said he had too much conceit, too much bullheaded obstinacy, and so little self-control. He was his own worst enemy. So imagine if we could have a moment of honesty. And can I tell you, I wish that the last uh, vibe was like joy again. Because I know that this is intense. But brothers and sisters, this is really, really good. This is really, really good because what the scripture is telling us is that the Holy Spirit wants to give us the greatest of victories, victory over self. And when you get victory over self, man, your life is so blessed and your heart and your mind feel so free. But there's a discernment that takes place. There's a there's a, a clarity that you walk with. Part of the reason why a person can be humble is because the Holy Spirit makes them self-aware of the parts of them that are really, really ugly. It's okay. You don't have to put yourself down, but you just can say, I'm so grateful, Jesus, that I have you in my heart to help me. Our coach is there every day 
single day. If they could send the musicians, I want to make this last point. Every single day, the Holy Spirit is in us and with us to help us to respond correctly. Look, it's been an interesting thing as we, um, as we talk to marriages as of late. Can I tell you, as of late, COVID has shifted um, the marriage context. Part of what's happened is that um, people who've been married and have a certain kind of life rhythm um, individually and with each other, that whole life rhythm has completely been destabilized. And so, in a sense, married couples who really love each other, they're kind of on top of each other in a way and in each other's space in a way that's never happened before. And so there's this resetting of how they live life together and it's creating lots of, uh, lots of friction. What is the solution to that? I'm gonna tell you right now, we need faithfulness, we need to be loyal, we need gentleness, we need to be humble, and then we need self-control. We need, to, we need mastery over ourselves that says as we're finding the new way to serve one another, we're not gonna be upset because things are not going the way we want to. I wanna pray many, many times as we're talking to our marriages who are struggling, can I tell you one of the standout features is, is that one person will say, well, it's him, it's him, it's him, but they'll never say, but I need to do this. And then the, the husband will say, it's her, it's her, it's her. How many know it's both of us and what we need is we need to control ourselves. We need to invite the Holy Spirit. We need to start praying together. We need to start worshiping together and we need to let the peace of God rule in our hearts once again, but self has to be tamed. We need the spirit to master self. So the first thing that happens, and I'm telling you, this is how, you know how you grow? The Holy Spirit shows you who you are and how much you need him, which leads me to the second point of, of, of Titus chapter two. First, the Spirit gives us this discernment. That's flesh, that's spirit. What I wanna do is the flesh. What I don't wanna do right now is the spirit, but I'm gonna yield to it. So that's the first thing, it's that discernment. The second thing then is that the Spirit teaches us to depend on grace. The difference between self-effort and self-control is that the person operating in true spirit-empowered self-control is actually depending on the grace of God. The grace of God is what teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to say yes to the choices that make us upright and godly as we wait for the Lord. It's grace, we have to depend upon grace. No matter how smart you are, you need to depend upon grace. No matter how successful you are, you need to depend upon grace. No matter how right 
you are. Remember at the beginning, Pastor Durso said, being right is not one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. No matter how right you are, you need to depend upon grace. And here's, here's what grace is not, okay? This is very interesting. Can I tell you, grace is not like, like the collar that they put on a dog when they have these invisible fences. So, so some people, they, they, they don't wanna put up a physical fence, and so they put this wire in the ground and, they have, and they, they have a pet and they put an electric collar and when the pet gets too close, it shocks them to say, don't go near the fence, okay? Well, the Holy Spirit is not gonna shock you all the time. The Holy Spirit is not gonna be beating you up all the time. That's not the way this works. The Holy Spirit isn't gonna put a fence. You can go and do whatever you wanna do, whether it hurts you or not, whether it's God glorifying or not. You can choose to give into self or not. But when we don't, the way we don't give in to our passions and our impulses is that we depend upon grace. And actually, listen to this. This is a very important verse. Romans uh, chapter 8, 13 says this. Watch this. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. So here's the thing. If you're living according to just self, self, it's destruction, but watch this. But if by the Spirit, everyone say by the Spirit. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Not a shock collar, not a shock collar. But brothers and sisters, as Christians, there's a dying to self. There's a work of the Holy Spirit that says there's a part of Al Toledo that is ugly. There's a part of Al Toledo that will not glorify Jesus. And he shows me in private, and then in moments I have opportunities to respond. And he brings it up again and says, not like that. Like that. It's gonna be you instead of me. And sometimes the coach tells us and we fail to execute but I'm so grateful today that morning by morning, his mercies I see. And we were singing, we were singing, consume me, holy fire. Consume me, Lord. Let people see your love. Let them see your grace. Let them see you, Jesus. Hide me. Let people see me, but not me. Let them see you. It's when we let the Holy Spirit subdue, put to death, mortify is the, is the more ancient word. You realize, as John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. How does that happen, brothers and sisters? Here's what I'm saying. Husband who's in a battle in your home, okay, take your eyes off of her. Put your eyes on Jesus and in the mirror of the word of God and say, Lord, what do you want to show me? Single person, you feel disappointed perhaps about this or that. You feel lonely, you're hurting, you're struggling. Take your eyes off of the circumstances. Get into the presence of God and say, Lord, I have the things that I want. I have the things that I need, but I wanna depend today 
on the Holy Spirit, even if it means that I have to die to self. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready to die to self. I got two more quick slides. These are very, very important. Look at what John Owen said about this. John Owen said, every unmortified sin, that means every sin, every practice, every impulse that you don't allow the Holy Spirit to just lock down, okay, will certainly do two things. Number one, it will weaken the soul and deprive it of its vigor. Sometimes people lack spiritual vitality. They lack the joy of the Lord. They, like, they lack the life of God. They can't pray prayers that break through. They don't have spiritual life. They can quote spiritual things, but it's not living, anointed, powerful things. Why? It's because someplace in private, self is ruling and reigning instead of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, our country, our world needs Christians that are full of the vitality that comes from the Spirit of the living God. But it takes self-control. Watch this. It will darken the soul and deprive it of its comforts and peace. Be killing sin or it will be killing you. We have to let the Holy Spirit teach us to depend upon grace. No matter how smart we are, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. This series, we start in the Spirit, and now we end in the Spirit. Here's the last, a mystic wrote this. I love, I love this last. Julian of Norwich said this, and we'll close with this. It's easier for us to get to know God than to know our own soul. Watch. God is nearer to us than our soul, for he is the ground in which it stands. So if we want to know our own soul and enjoy its fellowship, it's necessary to seek it in our Lord God. And here's what he's basically saying this. By knowing the Lord, we can really know ourselves. Not just the ugly side, but the best side, the side of you the version of you that before the foundations of the earth, God determined to use for his glory. How do you get that? You get close to him and you surrender to him and you say, Holy Spirit, I wanna live by your grace and your grace alone. I wanna be a wife, I wanna be a husband, I wanna be a coworker, I wanna teach, I wanna be a student. I want to be a friend. I want to be a minister, not in my own strength, not north of the neck, but completely depending on the spirit of the living God. Oh, that Chicago would be affected by God's children who are totally dependent on the grace of God. Come on, take your situation, take your circumstances, lift your hands, Lift your heart to God and say, take over. Be my coach, be my guide. Check my ego and show me what it means to depend upon your grace. Come on, let's reach out to him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be your name, O 